Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip-hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip-hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip-hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies, adults, teenagers, adolescents, and babies, we're a little rusty, but we back. You ain't heard from us in a while, have you? Ladies and gentlemen, 225.18, officially 8.01 p.m. EST. The storm is back. Let's go. Wow. I don't even know what to say, man. So much has happened since the last time we talked. The last broadcast we had was with my homegirl, Kimberly Nelson. Shout out to her. Beautiful mother, wife, author, just got all kinds of things going on, just continues to uplift the kingdom as only she can. Shout out to my sister, Debbie and the key. Um, she posted something on social media. I'm going to get through here in a minute, man, because it kind of goes along with what we're talking about. But so much has happened since the last time we talked, guys. It's almost the end of February. 2018 is almost three months old, man. January flew by. February flew by. And I don't know if y'all heard but that team in the green won the Super Bowl. We're about to throw a party here real quick about that, man. Call us, 602-753-1759. Bookmarkers, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. We broadcast on Thunderstorm Media right now, and we simulcast on Blog Talk Radio. We send out the links via social media. Tell your friends, turn to your neighbors, Slap them across the bridge of their nose, tell them we live on the air. Let them know that the storm is back, man. The storm chases are in full force as we go to roll call. I see some 336s, which means Greenville is joining us. That's not Greenville, is it? Who is 336? That's Greenville. <laughs> Sorry about that, y'all. Uh, 864. Now, I should have known that. That is Greenville. That's my second home. I see some 803s. That can only mean South Carolina. My stomping grounds are in the building. I see some 980s and some 704s. Shout out to the Queen City. 919 could only mean Raleigh. Some 702s means my people from the West Coast are checking in. Y'all are here early. It's 5 p.m. over there. Glad to have y'all. And I even see some U.K. folk over there. What is it like? Uh, what is that, like 3 o'clock in the morning over there? Don't know why y'all are still up. But appreciate y'all joining the show tonight, man. Email us, thunderstormradio 66 at gmail.com, thunderstormsports66 at gmail.com, and follow us on Twitter, my personal GQ forever. Uh... Hit me up as you always do on Inside Eagles. That's I-N-S-I-D-E-I-G-G-L-E-S. Where me and my team cover the Philadelphia Eagles every single day. Your world champions. I'm going to keep throwing that in there. Shout out to the fan inside the family. Shout out to everybody who's joining us on tonight. Shout out to everybody who made the storm a success for the first year that we have been in existence. And shout out to everybody who's tuning in tonight. I don't know what you guys could have been doing with your time before you checked in with us. Hope your Sundays were great. Hope you got a nice word in church today. Hope you enjoyed the family. Hope if you're going back to work on tomorrow morning, it's not a place that you don't want to go to. 
But even if it is, remember that God's in control and he's put you where you are for a specific purpose and for a specific time and he's on your footsteps. He's going to take care of you even if the people that you work for don't. <laughs> That's the only way I can say it, man. We live and direct from the Thunderstorm Studios. I'm in Greenville, South Carolina, the second affiliate of the Thunderstorm Studios. Everything is nice and warm and cozy up in here. Before I left, um, I'm, I'm actually living in Rock Hill, South Carolina at the moment, and uh, some of the kids from the neighborhood knocked on the door. They needed a quarterback to come out, and they needed a quarterback to toss the ball all over the field. I played quarterback for both sides. Ladies and gentlemen, I wrote down my passing chart, and it was next to brilliant. I've thrown slats, posts, corners, hitches. I've done it all successfully. I've done it all to the best of my ability. I think during the course of a two-hour game of football, I think five or six passes were dropped. And I'll have you know that we can only blame the children. It was not the fault of the quarterback. I threw five perfect passes. It was the fault of them for the set were dropped. <laughs> I'm crowded, man. I am so happy to be back, man. I have missed you guys so much. I am so far off my notes right now. We prepared this magnificent show for you guys, and I am already off base with what it was that I was supposed to be talking about. But y'all will forgive me, don't you? It's always from the heart. It's always love. And as more people check in, uh, we go back to roll call. I see some uh, – I see more the West Coast. I see some L.A. I see some – I see some Africa, which could only mean my girl – my girl Seven is probably checking in. That probably means my girl Takanda is also checking in, and that probably means that uh, uh, I just got I just got like a healthy, a healthy, healthy, healthy friendship with so many people over there in um in the motherland, man, and they continue to support the thunderstorm. And as the the listenership grows over there, it's only because of the word of mouth of about five people, and I thank God for them every day. Thank God for y'all to tune in to us. And um, it's really about time to start the show, man. I don't know where else to go with it except to get into it. So here's my opening rant, man. February the 4th, one of the most brilliant, most brilliant, most brilliant, most brilliant performances by a football team that I've ever seen. The backup quarterback stepped in and went toe-to-toe with one of the all-time great quarterbacks. Some say the greatest quarterback of all time, and I agree with that. A second-year head coach went toe-to-toe with the greatest coach of all time. And at the end, it was a 41-33 victory for the Philadelphia Eagles, man. I am happy. I am ecstatic. There were times in my life that I thought I would never see this. I have covered this team professionally for four years. There were times in my writing career that I thought I would never see this. But it happened, man. So congratulations to my family in Philly. Congratulations to my friends in Philly. Congratulations to all the members of the Eagles Nation, regardless of what your address is. You guys deserve it. I hope you enjoy it. But let me also say that it's not by accident that this happened. We feature a team of Malcolm Jenkins, just steady in the community, always focused on social change. We feature a team, Doug Peterson, man of God, not afraid to share his faith. The quarterback, Carson Wentz, goes down with injury. I think that was week 14, what was that, the L.A. Rams? Carson Wentz goes down with injury. Man of God, you already know about his AO1 foundation if you know anything about me because you know I've hyped it. Any man of God, regardless of what his profession is, if you do what you do and try to uplift this scheme to the best of your ability, I'm going to support you. Carson Wentz with his AO1 foundation goes down with his torn ACL slash LCL, as you know, hands the keys over to Nick Foles, another man of God. And as things got tight, 
somewhere around the middle of the fourth quarter. The Patriots took a one-point lead. I said to myself, a hard-fought season may actually be over. A hard-fought season may actually come to its conclusion right here tonight. The Patriots have done what they've always done. They gripped victory from the jaws of defeat. Tom Brady has led them back again, completed a pass to Rob Gronkowski in the end zone. I still say he pushed off. You pointed this point. Follow me. I'm going somewhere with this. The Eagles are down. They trail. And this team of great men, not just great athletes, but great men, bound together by a common theme that they've held all year long. They love each other. They love God. And I'll tell you exactly what I did, ladies and gentlemen. As things tighten up in the fourth quarter, I began to pray. I'm dead serious. Some of it was selfish. Some of it was heartfelt. And as I continue to pray, even in praying a selfish prayer, I just want this team to win. God began to download something in me, and that was all is well. It's going to be okay. Not because this team is fought, not because this team is athletically gifted, because I have my hand on this team. Because of Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles, Malcolm Jenkins, Chris Long, who played the game for free, by the way, gave away every single game check to charity. You could have had five guys off this team nominated for the NFL Man of the Year Award. Congratulations to J.J. Watt, not taking anything away from him. But this team won because of a spiritual identity. And God was not going to let this team fail, man, because he knew when they took the victory podium, every single one of them was going to say, the praise be to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why they won, man. I can't make this stuff up. And if I got to win, even in the level of football, to put my people on a pedestal to show you how great I am, that's exactly what I was going to do. I love Tom Brady, but Tom Brady wasn't going to say that. I love Bill Belichick, but Bill Belichick wasn't going to say that. It was Doug Peterson who took the podium and said, first giving highest praise to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And it's yet another example of why I love this team so much. They're too easy to like. From honoring God on a broad level, I'm going to bring it back down to a level of anonymity. I got a homeboy of mine on the show tonight. Brother A is what I call him. And he's got a book that he handed to me, Overcoming Deficits. He's a published author. Um, I'm actually going to read this in his own words. As the children of Israel walked in freedom from slavery in Egypt to victory over giants in Canaan, so this book addresses how to be delivered from the wounded spirit and how to overcome deficits deriving from the wound. This book has two parts. Part one explains how deficits form from a wounded spirit and how Nehemiah's prayer in Nehemiah 1, verse 5 through 11, can provide healing. Part two of the book provides topical studies on how to overcome deficits so we can love each other. Books have been written like this before, but this one's a little bit different. It doesn't give credit to an author. When I asked my friend why it doesn't, he said, because God has to get the glory. Where else can I go with it other than that, man? You'll be here from him in approximately 20 minutes. I brought a special guest along with me. It's my little brother. And welcome him to the Thunderstorm family, D.C. Yo, Mike, is hot, man. On. Don't say nothing crazy. <laughs> What's going on, bro? <laughs> I ain't, I ain't gonna say nothing crazy. I know we're not at work, man. I'm, I'm gonna keep it PG. What's going on out there, people? 
Everything's good, man. Everything's good, man. First of all, thank you for joining the broadcast. Now, um, I've known you for about a year now. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, those of you that are in the listening audience, he actually came to me on um, a time before he sat there and said that he was thinking about podcasting. He was thinking about a radio show of his own. What better way to throw him right into the fire than to throw him on the front of the store? And here you are, bro. You're not and everything. You going to be hanging with me for the whole two hours? I know, You said what now? You going to be hanging on? You going to be hanging with me for the whole two hours? I'm going to try to hang in there, man. I'm going to try. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you joining me on tonight and everything too, man. Hey, your impressions of the Super Bowl? What did you think? Man, my thoughts on the Super Bowl, like I said, like I said before, it was it was great. It was a hard fought game. Both teams played to the best of their abilities, and 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 all in all, it was just entertaining. I loved it, especially the win at the end. I love every bit of the Super mm. Bowl this year. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, man, we're throwing a Super Bowl party pretty much uh, until the season starts next year and everything. But to the Eagles Nation, I got something for you guys. Ladies and gentlemen, cue the fight song. You're welcome. <laughs> the Eagles are the Super Bowl champs, ladies and gentlemen. This is not this is not something I keep wait I keep waiting on this dream to be over, man. It's been three weeks. Every time I wake up, they're still the champs, man. Um now DC, I gotta say this too, man. You are actually a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um another team that's near and dear to my heart because I got a lot of family in that Pittsburgh area as well. But um and a lot of people don't know this, man, but the Eagles and the Steelers actually share some history, man. They actually Due to some financial constraints, I actually had to combine the two teams for a while, so they were actually called the Steelers, man. But um, I know you're a big fan. Um, we're normally used to seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers in that AFC Championship game. They didn't actually make it on this particular juncture this season. But um, yeah. what's Pittsburgh got to do to get back into the fight and, uh, you know, get back to the AFC Championship and maybe jump these Patriots next year to get back to the bowl? Man, the only thing I can really say is, Defense, 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 and also teamwork. Those are the like those are like the two major things I think we're hurting at. So when you say teamwork, are you saying that there, there's maybe like a lack of chemistry? Or are you saying there's some things, some unresolved issues in the locker room we may not know about? Now, what, what are you saying? It's like how can I put this? Just when you watch the games and you see my quarterback Big Ben, let's say he does something crazy, he fumbles the ball, he throws a crazy interception, what does he do? He's walking straight to the sideline, not even conversing with his own coach. How do you expect the team to get any further when the two main people is is not communicating? You're you're supposed to be like paper and glue. Supposed to work together. They're more like what? What? Oil and water. (laughs) Yeah, it's not connecting. So it's just... Like I said, defense is is what we're known for. That's what's going to help us a lot. But also, the thing between Tomlin and Big Ben has to change. Something has to give. 
You know what I noticed about um, Big Ben since Tomlin's been at the helm that I didn't notice with Bill Coward? Um, I didn't notice a Big Ben that was always leaking comments to the press. I didn't notice a Big Ben that was always making statements on social media about his displeasure. I never saw a Big Ben, even though, I mean, he was still young in his career. I didn't see a guy who was threatening to quit every single week. Um, is that a exactly. lack of respect for Tomlin, or um, how can we judge what, what we're seeing there? I say it has to be it has to be lack of respect because I can how can I say this in the most polite way? Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's just hard to say. But just if you if you just know if your team behind you is seeing how you're reacting to your own coach, what makes you think they're going to connect with you the same way? You are a leader. You have to be a leader. You show respect to your coach. The other team, the other team members are going to do the same thing, and it's going to be like a well-oiled machine. It's all going to come together. It's all going to work together. So I feel mm-hmm. like once Big Ben get off his high horse and actually converse with time, things will still will all be the same. We'll we'll get there. We're good enough to get there, but we're not good enough to finish. So. Gotcha. I don't know about gotcha. him, but I'm trying to finish and get me a ring so <laughs> so I can celebrate too. Gotcha. Gotcha. A lot of the criticism with Mike Tomlin is um his initial championship he won with Bill Cowers players. Um he got mm-hmm. back again with a lot of Bill Cowers players, but as this team um gets further and further away from the Bill Cowher era and becomes more and more along the likeness of his Mike Tomlin um image, this team is kinda of going away from from some of the things that makes them look like the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't run the ball as much. They're an offensive juggernaut now, um, and they've gone from a team that maybe wins game 17-10 to a team that now scores a wheel but can't seem to stop anybody. Is there any ability to that, or are we misreading this wrong from outside? I mean, this hit everything on the head, like I said. Um, it's just how the team want to come together because we still have players that in the fight. It's not just being with a bail too, who – Sometimes there's no people to stay and go, and sometimes the owner and the Steelers nation, well, not Steelers nation, I want to say the people who run the Steelers be talking about trading him and selling them. Man, that's it. Everything just goes out to respect, man. It's just, just be mindful of people that you. Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. Well, any, any 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 football fan understands certain things, whether you're a fan or not. Uh, the NFL is what it is because of certain franchises. Uh, love them or hate them, there is no NFL without the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, love them or hate them, there is no NFL without the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, six-time Super Bowl champions, man. Well-deserving, one of the great franchises in all of sports, not just football, man. So, you know, we off and running, man. The storm is back. But Good luck to the boys on next year, unless, of course, they meet up with those guys in green in that Super Bowl, man. I'm trying to get me another one now. I can get used to this winning thing and this playing in February. I can get used to this. Hey, man, I, I'm here to show the world, but just know I need to – we need to let it be known that we topped out ring number seven on the way. <laughs> All right, man. It is what it is. It is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, on the other side of the break, we got my man, Brother A, coming up. Um, we actually got to go back to the old school. Buses. Now, we got all this new music that all the artists have sent us and everything, man. We got at least 100 new submissions to the Thunderstorm for new music and things of that nature and everything. And a lot of these uh, great artists and these great ministers we hope to get on as guests. But um, 
Heard the Thunderstorm audience. We always do what the, um, the audience wants us to do when they want to go. They want to ride the old school bus, man. So we're gonna go old school. We're gonna go with some of the great and most popular records in the history of the Thunderstorm on tonight, man. Crack the old school bus. We're gonna start it off with this one. You know, I've lost friends over what I believed in. Been rejected for making positive changes. But honestly, if living right and following Christ means I've sold out, well, forget it, man. I take that. Yeah, I see I've been down that road before, but I know there's something better. Tired of depression. I'm tired of being fed up. Bled out of my heart, though people said I had a leg up. And tried to knock me back when I would gain my strength to get up. You ever felt that way? Now you gon' have to put a hand up. Follow me down to the cross. See, it's time to man up. Repent for all your sins for every night of getting hammered. Be baptized in Jesus' name. Have your soul watch as white as why you chasing fame? Dollar signs are not an answer. Money isn't evil, but the love of it is cancer. Eat your insides up and leave you dirty in a hamper. Cry you miserable and lonely. Wait, smile for the camera. Sold your soul for glamour, then you try intimidation. Well, I tell you 20 million, can I buy you his salvation? Time is very limited, soon we'll have to face the counselor that gives us everything that we've been chasing. Then a judgment day will come, I really hope we make it. What a pity it would be if on that day you're getting wasted. I don't believe in Allah, he cannot feel my pain. I believe in Jesus Christ and I do this in his name. If, if you never heard the gospel, if you never heard the word, bring your life down to the altar, we can show you what it's worth. We've been through all types of struggles, we've been through all kinds of hurt. If that means I'm giving in, cause I hate sin, I'll just admit I'm sold out. Keep your money, your false idols, then your women.
your brother, Rare Breed. You're back on the storm. One of the classics of the old school bus. One of the classics on the thunderstorm. Uh, from that, we go to one of the most requested songs in the history of the storm. This is 47 Disciple. Lord, I pray. Hold it down. I swear, I swear, I swear, I swear, I suck off in this limbo. Decisions I done made gon' have me somewhere we can cripple. Lord, I pray every day that you watch out for my temple. As crazy it may seem, I wanna do the right thing. I done tried my way and they never work. Tell me I can I get on your team. I done put down them guns and them beans. Now I mean, look quit serving them fiends. Hell is hot, hell is hot. That that ain't for me. I'd rather be fly with them wings than burn to the third degree. Ain't no way for turn. Lord, I done did everything but kill Everything, that way you still save me I know you can't, cause that I am So I know you been forgave me And I thank you for the whisper, thank you thank You sent me off the prison And I never was alone Cause you always came to visit And you ain't gotta say that That's the only way I would listen That's the only way I would you fed me And I ain't even no Christian Now you know it's love from up above Stay prayed up and let's get let go Every day, every day Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you Every night, every night Knew my priors, no joke. Richard Pryor, through the fire, he's my cloak. Know the ropes, he's my provider. So many deny him, but don't surprise them. Who keeps hope? Great faith, his amazing grace, me an amazing place. And in the days of days, I just pray and pray. Still use a pen and pad to write out my life story. Mine gets scurry when I'm worried sometimes. But it's his glory, keeps me fine. Look for something divine, and yes, sure, what comes to mind. And the best of us come outside when the Holy Spirit's inside. My mind resides, my mind resides. Hurry and God, and the Lord, he made me a fisher of men. Transparent, no need to pretend. I'm Solomon, wishing for wisdom, repenting for sin. In the midst of it, all two footprints in the same one body. I know that he got me, I know that he got me, I know that he's watching. I need your protection, that's why you can spot me. On my knees every day, in the constant state of change. Yet my posture stays the same as blood is flowing through my veins. How could I maintain without your presence? Give so many blessings, spiritual presence, and its essence is everlasting. I'm only asking to keep me destined for greatness. Every day, Lord, I praise you, Lord, I praise you every Look at the world, I hope it's true. I mean, we feel the church pew. Then look at how we do. One fall, don't leave them there, cause that's not what a real soldier do. You believe in the body of Christ, bro? Then we all connected. You believe in one God? Jesus. Then you've been infected. The word of God to change you, but you gotta want it. The lust of the flesh will slave you. Need some prayer on it. See me pray like Benny Hinn. Get me faith like Benny Hinn. Clean my heart, let him in. Take my pride and sin. We all need your grace, Father. I seek it every day. Please save me from myself, God. Help me change my ways. I pray, I pray, I pray that you lead me every day. That your love is what I show. Okay. And your word is what I say. Okay. Help me feed your hunger, Lord. Lead us in your way. Okay. Help me feed your sheep, Lord. Help me to obey. Every day, every day. Oh, Lord, I praise you, Lord. I praise you every day. Every night, Lord, I pray. 
two very good friends of mine, 47 Disciple. So you only knew about 12. <laughs> yes, the man is on the road tonight. <laughs> 47 Disciple, very good friend of mine, and my man Rare Breed, uh, two brothers who um, I envy because if I'd have been walking in the, the call-in that I'd have been walking in at their young age, you know, only God knows where I would have been by now. I was too busy being hard-headed and everything, but thank God for their obedience. Thank God for the music they've been making, and thank God that they continue to save lives through this vessel that we call hip-hop, which some people actually thought was impossible. Welcome back to the storm, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as we hit it, we got uh, a very, very, very good friend of mine coming up here on tonight. Um, I'm humbled to have this brother on the show. We talked about bringing him on uh, quite some time before this, but um, as you guys knew, I took a two-month hiatus. And also, um, there were just other things that were going on in life at the time, but God's timing is perfect, better than ours. He's the author of Overcoming Deficits, a study. He's on the guest line tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome via the Storm Hotline, a very good friend of mine. Please welcome back to the storm, D.C., and my good friend, Brother A. Brother A., how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. It's a great opportunity. Bless the Lord. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, we're, we're blessed by your presence, man. So, I mean, you continue to bless us. We continue to try to be a blessing as well, man. We're just thankful to have you on. Uh, apologize for the length of time that it took to get you on here, man. But you're here now? Hey, absolutely, man. Just as uh, we're brothers, it's a good opportunity to fellowship. You know, it's not about me. So, bless the Lord. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, based on what we've already said, we already know you're a writer. Uh, for the, the benefit of the Thunderstorm audience who's meeting you for the first time, just kind of give me an introduction to who you are, where you're from, where you come from, um, your ministry, all that. The time is yours. Take as long as you need. Oh, well, sure. Um, my name is, like I said, Brother A. Um, I, well, I've, I'm a, God has given me several books. Um, the latest one is Overcoming Deficits. Um, I actually work uh, with our dear brother, um, at, a, at a mental health facility. Um, in the past, I've worked in case management, uh, workforce development. I was a school teacher at one time, Air Force veteran, and um, just worked with people from all walks of life. I'm originally from Poughkeepsie, New York, and um, like I said, uh, my life has been one of, uh, uh, one of the greatest evidences of God's miraculous working power in our lives. Um, I was adopted at 16, was homeless, struggling, um, lost both my parents until, you know, now we have a wonderful relationship, but i uh, just been through a lot of, uh, a lot of traumatic events that the Lord has brought us through. And, um, the book is, 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 uh, is the, is the journey, the full journey documented of, uh, what the Lord has healed me from. And so I just, it's my goal to just share that with as many people as possible, uh, without, with pointing them directly to Christ directly to the master uh, without me trying to uh, intervene in their relationship with God at all, just pointing them to Christ and Christ and them one-on-one working it out. So that's my hope is to help as many people as I can, many people as the Lord puts in my path. Um, And like I said, I've worked with killers, human trafficking victims, drug dealers. I've worked with people from every single walk of life. Um, There's nothing anybody could tell me that would surprise me. Um, And it's just, I've just been fortunate to do that just so, uh, people can know that the power of the Lord works in whoever, whoever's willing to come to him. So praise mm-hmm. God, brother. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, in all that journey, um, you know, you said uh, that journey began in New York. Um, 
currently now you're down here in the Carolinas. What was the what was it that brought you actually out of that area into this one? Well, it was because my uh, this we moved down to Hickory, North Carolina, in 1990. 1990, yeah, um, to stay with my grandma. My my uh, my father was a um, he was heavy in the drug game, and uh, to leave it all behind <clears throat> before the situation got really really bad, he decided to leave um, altogether and uh, come down with his grandma come down with his mother and you know the, the situation that that spirit still followed him so he kind of still struggled with that but we just tried to make make a life down here um eventually we ended up getting separated and I ended up moving to Charlotte with my mom and you know I stayed there with her and you know she was dealing with that same spirit uh so uh after that I was eventually adopted at 16 and uh, from there, like I said, with my adopted parents, that's when the Lord really started um, dealing with me, helping me overcome a lot of those things. But, yeah, my, my dad just wanted to get away from it all um, because it was just getting too much for him. So that's how we ended up in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. For me, it was, um, and I, I've, I've expressed this on more than one occasion, for me it was depression, um, not being able to make it through school because of that depression, and then subsequently getting yeah. myself in a lot of trouble that actually brought me towards Christ. What was what was the turning point for you? What was it? What was it, when did that light switch come on? Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, ever since I was a kid, the Lord was um, would give me dreams. I would have dreams of Him. Um, I've seen demons before, even as a child. Um, and just when I was a, because my my dad would go to church and he would, you know, try to expose me to those things. Um, but like I said, we weren't we weren't living it. And so all the way up until my time in Charlotte, um, the night I got saved, I was actually fornicating with a, a girl. And I came home, and uh, it was I was all by myself. You know, there was dinner on the stove or whatever my mom had cooked. And um, I was just sitting on my couch, and I just said, Lord, I am a wild animal out here. I said, I am an, I am an animal. I'm a wild animal. And I just said, Lord, forgive me. I said, forgive me for all that I've done. Forgive me for everything I've done. And right then and there, uh, I felt the Holy Spirit come into my spirit, and uh, I've never been the same since. Um, but that was it, that just the realization of how base I was. You know, like the Bible says in Ecclesiastes, he tells us, he says, As for the sons of man, he tests them to show that they are like the animals, the beasts of the field. And what do beasts do? We do everything for our pleasure and everything to avoid pain. And so uh, just, you know, being that low, I mean, doing every kind of sexual thing you can think of, uh, I just, I, I, I was an animal. And when I confessed that and I wanted to get healing, the Lord forgave me willingly. Yeah, praise God for that. Absolutely. All right. So, so okay, brother, this this is um, DC talking. Um, my question for you is like, I know. I also work in the mental hospitals too for kids, and a lot of them tell me that they want to get back on the good side of God, but they don't know how. So my question right. to you is like, how do kids like 19 into my age 25, how would you tell them to get back good with the Lord? So the first thing is, is that first thing that the Lord always does is he shows you what is the root cause of the problem. It's just like the Lord says in Matthew 23. 
He says that you have to cleanse the inside of the cup and dish. And so what the Lord does is he shows us uh, what's wrong. And that's part of the problem. The, the first thing is to identify that there is something wrong. If we don't have peace, if, we ha- if we're in pain, that is the sign from God that's telling you that there is something wrong. It's just like the Lord says in, um, the Lord says in Matthew 15. He says, it's not the things that you take in that makes you unclean. He says, but out of the heart come first evil thoughts. And then after those evil thoughts, he says, come murder, adultery, thefts, and so on. So when we get to the root of the problem, that's, and we pull up that root, that's when the desires die and that's when the behaviors die. And so for me, what it was, was it was first and foremost identifying what was wrong. Um, like my father, my, my relationship with my dad, I'm like, I have a wonderful relationship with my dad. It's absolutely wonderful. He's my best friend, and I have a wonderful relationship with my mom, and we talk freely about this. I wish he were on the show, too, because he's just so candid about everything and so humble because of, you know, all the things he's done and how far God has brought him. Um, and But he'll, and I, he'll tell you, I mean, my father was extremely abusive, very abusive, very verbal, abusive, physically abusive. And so what that did to me is that created a deficit in me. And so, and that deficit, uh, well, first it created a wound in my spirit. And then that wound in the spirit created an impairment in my heart that prevented me from giving and receiving love. And after not being able to receive love, give and receive love, that's when I engaged in those self-destructive behaviors. But it all began with him. And so first and foremost, identifying that he... And our relationship was the source of a lot of my behaviors, my lack of affirmation. And so it's like the Bible says in uh, Proverbs eighteen fourteen, and this is the base of the book. He says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear? No man can bear a wounded spirit. That's the answer. No one can. And when our spirits are wounded, it creates that impairment in our souls that prevents us from giving and receiving love. And when you can't give and receive love, you will go crazy. You will destroy yourself because everyone needs love. So the first thing was instead of, you know, trying to medicate the pain from that past, from being abandoned, from being abused by both parents, um, instead of trying to, you know, uh, I, I would medicate that pain with, you know, pornography, masturbation, uh, you know, all kind of sexual immorality, drug use, you know, and even after I got saved, it, the drug was accomplishment, you know, trying to be ac- accomplished. But people fulfill that, try to fill, heal that wound through those artificial means, you know, shopping, food, whatever, sex, whatever. They try to fit, fulfill that, but it never gets healed. Like the Bible says in Jeremiah, he says, they have healed the wound of my people slightly. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. So we turn to those things instead of turning to the Lord. But when we turn to the Lord for healing, that's he shows us immediately. Lord, there is something wrong with me. You're showing me there's something wrong. I don't have peace. Please show me why I don't have peace and why am I doing these things. And when we ask why, God will show us. It's your father. It's your mother. It was this situation that happened to you. It was that situation that happened to you. A lot of times people don't get healed because they're so afraid to acknowledge and admit that it was their father or that it was this situation that hurt them. They're too scared to say it for fear of offending somebody or being rejected or something like that. But the Lord is always going to bring you back to that origin point. He's always going to bring you back to that original 
wound, that original sin that was committed against you or that you committed against somebody else. He's always going to bring you back to that point. And, and when you deal with that point, that's when the healing begins. And so for me, that was the issue. Um, Romans 8, he says, the mind of the spirit is peace. So if I have a lack of peace, that's the Holy Spirit telling us that something is wrong. So for me, I didn't have a lack of peace. I was in pain all the time inside, and I wanted God to kill me. I prayed for death several times because I didn't know what it was that was causing so much pain inside. Um, and the Lord, first and foremost, directed me. He forced me um, to reach out to my dad, to tell him how I felt about all the things that happened to me and all the things that he did to me. And uh, when I reached out to him, I sent him a letter in college. And I'll tell you, when God wants you to do something, he will back you up. I sent a letter to my dad. He was in jail at the time. And uh, the letter got there in like two days. And I'm in North Carolina. That's almost unheard of. He got the letter. He said, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah, especially for North Carolina. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, he's agreeing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, he, he got my letter. He responded to me. And he was just so sorry for what he had done. And he apologized and kept apologizing. And then over the years, he and I just kept talking about things. And, um, and see, and, and the thing is, is that when, when we're sinned against by our loved ones, what we've, it, makes, it embitters us. It angers us. But one of the things that we find out is, is that when we talk to them about, well, why did you do this to me? And then they'll tell you that it was done to them. By their parents and then their grandparents did that to their parents and so on it's a generational thing and so that allows you to kind of get a full picture and a full understanding of the root of the problem that it wasn't just him somebody wounded him and so he wounded you and me does that make sense so for me that was the thing that God did and overcoming deficits is how we can get healing from those wounds by first and foremost obtaining the mind of Christ. Yeah. I got a comment and a question. Um, I heard you talk about masturbation. Um, one of the things I learned, Brother A and D C man, um, in my walk was uh there, there's a lot of pornography, a lot of masturbation back in my history as well. And um though all sins are equal in the eyes of God, there's certain ones that are a little bit different. Because sexual sins are a little bit different, man. Um the only thing that frees you from divorce is is um fornication of some type or the actual um the actual act of um when you break that when you break that covenant. Um the reason for that is because now the covenant has now been broken, you now have to give her the opportunity to decide for herself whether or not she wants to stay and work this out or whether or not she wants to leave because now covenant's been broken. With masturbation, right. what I've learned is what we're looking for, kind of what you talked about, brother A was some sort of intimacy and there's certain types of intimacy right. you have like um sex or making love you have a mother who carries a child which is a connection none of us will ever understand and then you actually have uh when you when you speak of that sexual intimacy though it's sometimes in the negative sense aka masturbation becomes like a cheap substitute for prayer what we're thinking is intimacy right. the greatest intimacy you can have is prayer we're trying to substitute that with something else, and it becomes masturbation, it becomes sexual sin, it becomes the pornography and things of that nature, and that's why none of it's satisfying because your soul longs for something else, and you're just feeding something that your body knows. 
And uh, I, that's just something I just want to throw out there based on what you said, brother A. But in in your other, in another one of your statements, you were saying that everybody needs love, and that's kind of a segue, a nice segue into overcoming deficits here. Um, the the whole purpose of the book is, uh, and I'm taking your words, love is the foundational need of all human life because that is how God created us. We make the perfect compliment to God because He is everything we need and we are everything He wants to give Himself to. Whenever the need for love is met. Uh, with a traumatic experience such as rape, molestation, violence, abandonment, or neglect, uh, deficit forms, and the victim of the trauma will continue to pursue relationships where the injury will happen. But that is how they know love to be expressed. Um, and that's kind of um, along the lines of what you were just saying, right? You, if if you're if you're used to a certain kind of neglect, if you're used to abuse, you identify that as love, and then you're searching for that. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. So, like, for example, how do we know we all know we all have friends who have been in abusive situations and they get out of one and then they go right back to the other. You see, and it's like, well, gosh, how come we call them like, you know, how could you be so stupid? How can you be so foolish to go back into that situation? Well, that's how they understand what love is from their parents, Mm -hmm. from whatever. If they didn't have parents, if that's how they understand it to be. And so however a person understands love, that is how they're going to pursue it. That's how they're going to look for it, whether they're consciously aware of it or not. Nobody in their right mind consciously goes into a situation and says, I'm looking forward to getting beat today. No, nobody does that. But that thing Mm -hmm. in you, how you were taught, how you were taught, how you understood it, that thing is driving you that deficit is driving you to go back into that same situation because you think, according to your understanding, that is how love is supposed to be expressed. But until you deal with that, until we deal with the, the root cause of the problem, we're going to keep going in that same cycle over and over again, like the judges. You know, God would deliver them, and then they go right back into the same situation. Uh, and so what we have to do is we have to redefine what God helps us under, help us to do is He helps us to get the right definition of love. God is love, and love seeketh not its own. And so, uh, it's like like the mind of Christ, James 3.16. I mean, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. keeps no record of wrongs done to it. And most of us have never experienced that type of genuine, selfless love. You know, most of the people, it's like the mental health institute we work in. I told one of our residents, I said, you know, I said, somebody didn't love you enough to teach you the right way. Somebody didn't put you ahead of their own self-interest to tell you right from wrong. And so they just let you go your own way because of their own selfishness. And so you went on ahead and destroyed yourself and made poor decisions that have wrecked your life. And so what the Lord does is he comes in, picks up the pieces, shows us first and foremost where the original wound is. And then after he shows us where the original wound is, that deficit, that impairment that keeps us from giving and receiving love, he, that, that goes away. And then that, that once that free flow is happening, we'll no longer engage in self-destructive behaviors. So that's what happens is that women and men, because you attract what's in you. You go after what's inside of you. If you have foolishness in you, that's what you're going to pursue. If you have, if you just, if you're lusting, then you're going to attract, you're going to be going after other women or men 
who are lustful. So take, for example, um, and the Lord showed me this, too, because I was molested repeatedly in my life. And so homosexual desires was something that I really had to get victory over. It was not something that I wanted. It was not. But being that I was molested and abused um, by my father, that was something that I had to deal with. Now, I prayed and prayed and prayed, Lord, take away these thoughts, take away these desires, take it away, take it away, take it away. The Lord will not take it away because you have to know, you, you have to learn where it's coming from. He's not just going to take it away from you without you first knowing what the root cause of it is. And the Lord showed me. The Lord showed me that it was because of my manhood was not affirmed by my father. And so when a man's manhood is not affirmed by his father, what he tries to do is he tries to take the masculinity of other men through sex. And I know most people have never heard that, but it's the truth. Wow. And it's the same thing. And it's wow. the same thing with women. I'm going to say that again. When a man's. Yeah, say that again. I was going to say, say that again. Hold on. Hold on. Pause the music. I, Y'all, DJs, I'm going to have him stop the music. Stop the music. Say that one more time, bro. <laughs> when a man's manhood is not affirmed by his father, either through him being absent or him being abusive. The man tries to take the masculinity of another man through sex. That's what he does. To affirm his manhood, he takes the masculinity of another man through sex. And that's where the same-sex attractions come from. It's the man's need to try to get some affirmation of his manhood, his identity. And so, see, we condemn, and, and it's wrong. Same-sex relationship is wrong. It is an abomination before the Lord. I, I, I say that unequivocally. The Bible unequivocally says that. At the same time, we need to understand what the origin is. It's an attempt to compensate for something that we lacked growing up. It's the same reason why a woman, like, for example, and even a woman, it's the same thing. If a woman was not affirmed by her father, if her femininity, her womanhood was not affirmed by her father and by her mother, then what ends up happening is that the woman ends up going and living a promiscuous lifestyle. They end up sleeping around with different men because they're looking for their father. Or they go into lesbianism because they're looking for that affirmation of their womanhood from their mother. And they didn't get it. That's why a lot of foster home, a lot of foster care young ladies are lesbians. It's because they didn't have their mother in their lives to affirm their identity. And so what the Lord does is when we deal with these things, it's not just, it's like the Bible says in, um, in Matthew chapter 3, when John the Baptist is describing what Christ came to do. He says, the axe is laid at the root of the tree. If every tree does not bear good fruit, it's cut down and thrown into the fire. A lot of times what we do when we see behaviors is we're just cutting the bad fruit off the tree instead of cutting down the tree. And what Christ is interested mm -hmm. in doing is he's not interested in cutting off bad fruit. He's interested in chopping down the whole tree that's bearing the fruit. So instead of saying, oh, Lord, I'm having these bad thoughts, or, oh, Lord, why am I having these same same desires? Oh, just take these desires away. No, 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 no. That's not it. Find out why. Go back to your past. Look at what you've gone through. And look at what you've done. Look at those things and see why you're having those desires. See why you're having those behaviors. Why you're watching porn. What are you trying to medicate? What are you trying to heal? What abuse and trauma 
are you trying to get healing from? And when you deal with that and take that to the Lord, then healing comes. Because I had it. I had same-sex attractions for years. And um, when I was in the, um, it was uh, first and foremost, because I watched so much pornography and had so much sexual immorality, there was a, uh, there was a spirit that oppressed me regularly. I would read a, um, I would read, now I'm born again, saved, preaching the word. But I did not know that because of so much of that sin from my past, that that oppressive spirit was there. So I would read any article, any article that dealt with homosexuality or just even in passing, like just scrolling down or something like that, and it pops up. And it would this strong urge to go into that thing, to look at that or live that lifestyle would come. And it wasn't until I was separated by myself when I was in the Air Force, stationed down in Dias Air Force Base, Texas, that when I finally confessed to the Lord, I said, Lord, I'm having, I'm having, I am a, what do they call them? A, um, a non-gay homosexual. I said, Lord, I'm gay. I just said it straight out. I think, I said, I think that's the problem. I said, that's what it is. I've never, I've, I've, in my saved life, I've never done it or anything like that. But I said, that's what it is. That's the spirit that's on me. And when I, when I confessed that, it was like a, um, a cloud had lifted off of me. And I was delivered mm-hmm. from that. But then the desires themselves, the desires themselves didn't disappear until I understood that it was my, that it was my, uh, my mind was trying to compensate for the lack of affirmation of my manhood from my father, that that was the root cause of the same sex attractions. So that was another deficit that I got healed from because of going back to that root problem. And so God is an awesome God. He is mighty to save, and he will save us from these things if we're willing to step into the dark of those situations and be honest with ourselves and deal with it, with him. It's like um, John, um, I'm sorry, John uh, 3, the Lord says, he who does, he who does, Evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he has done has been done through God. When we come into the light, God then steps in and does the work of healing and bringing deliverance. Praise God. When you talk about same-sex relationships and desires, um, that that woke I'm, I'm, I know my I know my audience and I woke up a lot of listeners and the and this is the conversation I was having with a friend of mine the other day. Um, some of the issue with what we're saying here tonight is there's um, there's a large sect of the Christian community that doesn't believe they have to be delivered from anything. That feels like these thoughts are natural. Um, we've had these conversations over and over again, and we don't run from any topics on the pedestal, man. So true. Sure. My my issue about homosexuality is sure no sin is greater than any other sin. Sure, uh, judge not that you be not judged. But at the same time, too, homosexuality and same sex feelings are different for me, and this is why. I don't have to do any type of soul searching or any type of study or call a fast or anything to understand that I shouldn't put my hands on my wife. Nobody has to tell me I shouldn't walk into a store and steal. There's this type of conviction that will come over you if you do things that you know are outside the guidelines of, you know, just being a good human being and doing things that are wrong. 
My only issue with homosexuality is there's so many people, especially in the Christian community, and some of them are preaching now, and their theory is they're not doing anything wrong. There's only one scene that we make all these different types of all these different types of uh, allowances for. There's only one type of sin we try to explain everything away for, and it's that one. And that when I was spoken, speaking to my friend about this, that has been my issue with um, with that type of mentality. Because at that point, when you don't have to be told, I shouldn't curse out my mother. You right. don't have to be told, I don't. I shouldn't speak with my best friend's wife. But when you get yes. to the point where you're dealing with something that we all know is sin, you're engaging in something that we all know is sin, and your only way to explain it away is to sit there and say, there's nothing wrong with me, this is just who I am, now we're dealing with rebellion. Yeah. And I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Exactly. Exactly, and that's exactly what it is. It's it's you're you're deleting. What you're doing is is you are you are erasing uh, the image of God. And the issue is is that the question becomes is is it natural to destroy yourself? The one of the things I'm gonna make two two big points here. The the first thing is is that not being talked about, and it's because it's suppressed in our country, is the number of anal Cancer, the number, the percentage of anal cancer caused from same-sex relationships. There are men who, who are home, who live homosexual lives that have slept. There are surveys on this, who have slept with over 500 men, a thousand men. What are you looking for? What are you looking for? See, the object. If you're sleeping with multiple partners, and not, and even, and, and well, and this is the truth because they all do. They all sleep with multiple partners. The question is, is that the object. The point of the relationship is not the other person; it's the sex. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. You're not. You, you, it's it's not the bond. It's it's sex. It's the actual act of sex. And so what they're doing is is they are separating. When they say, "Well, this is just the way I am," you know, I'm you know I feel like a woman, or I feel like I have these effeminate feelings, and so on. What you're doing is you're separating your biology from your psychology. Is psychology mm-hmm. over biology. You're exalting psychology over biology. You think this way, but your body is telling you something different. Like the Bible says in Romans, um, look at, and I believe in looking at Scripture. I'm, I'm gonna, that's why I'm, I'm quoting a number of different verses here. Uh, he that, says, that's what we do. You go right ahead. Romans 125, sure. Romans 125 through 27. He says, For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than creator who is blessed forever, and that can be applied to pornography and same-sex relationships. He says, for this reason, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged the natural function for that which is unnatural. And in the same way also, the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burned in their desire towards one another. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. So Romans one twenty five to one twenty five to twenty seven tells you that it's error, that it's error, that and and that they receive the due penalty for that error, which is what venereal diseases. If two virgins, mm-hmm. if a, if a virgin man and woman come together in marriage, there is no venereal diseases that they can get. Period. They cannot get from vaginal intercourse. They cannot get any type of diseases. If two virgin men mm-hmm. come together and they're having anal sex, they're going to get venereal diseases, which tells mm-hmm. you that naturally that is against God's order. 
In First Timothy 1.10, he, he describes homosexuality as against God's law. And I like to bring these scriptures up because the only one that oftentimes people look at is Leviticus 14. But the Bible is replete right. with scriptures that talk about why this is wrong. Romans 1, um, Romans 1.10, he says, the 1, 1, 8 through 10, he says, But we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully, realizing that the fact that law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and sinners, for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers and immoral men and homosexuals and kidnappers and liars and perjurers and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God which I have been entrusted. So homosexuality, just from that verse right there, is put in the same category as being contrary to sound doctrine. So... The question mm-hmm. becomes this. How can Christians preach that? How can people who say that they know God preach it, that it's okay to do that? Here's the answer. Because they love money. Homosexuality is a popular issue, and it's a money-making issue. The people mm-hmm. who are pushing it know that it's self-destructive to the body, but they're producing, what they, but they're preaching a delusion to the people. Why? To take their money. They want to keep an audience. And so if they have to preach homosexuality like, the, you know, like, uh, you know, folks, even big time preachers who don't want to touch the issue, Rick Warren, you know, apologizing for, you know, his statements on same sex marriage, uh, Joel Osteen and all those big time prosperity preachers who shy away from homosexuality. Why do they do that? Because they're afraid of losing their audience. They love money. And so when you love money, you will compromise the word of God, but Christ and, and the Lord tells us that the love of money, first Timothy six, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. He says, some people right. eager for money have wandered from the faith and, and pierced themselves with many griefs. First Timothy six says that. And so when we, when we, um, when we, when, when there are preachers who do that, that tells you one thing, they love money and they're not sent from God. Jeremiah 22, right. 322 backs me up on this. He says, verse 21, he says, I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. So if I'm standing in the counsel of God, I'm telling people that their ways are wrong, regardless of what the consequences are going to be. If it's just me and my family in the house teaching the word of God because everybody else has abandoned me from the teaching, so be it. The Lord mm-hmm. says in Matthew, uh, Matthew, um, Matthew 7, he says, narrow is the way. Narrow is the way. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leads to life. And there will be few that find it. The Lord is looking for that remnant. Even uh, And I don't mean to go on and on, but I'm just uh, this is just, it's just flowing. I'm sorry. John 6, verse 66, he talks about how there was large crowds following Christ. There are too many of y'all. John 6, 6, 6. He says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no part in me. And what happened? Hundreds of those guys who were following him left because they weren't sincere. Mm-hmm. They didn't want the Lord. So the Lord is always looking for that few. And these preachers are not looking for the few. They're looking for money. So, of course, they're going to preach any type of affirming, sin-affirming doctrine that allows people 
to do their own will. Because that's the root of all sin. The root of all sin is selfishness and self-will behavior. So if I can affirm that, I'm going to keep my audience. I'm going to keep the money coming in. But Christ teaches us in John, uh, John 6 that he says, I came down from heaven not to do my own will. If I'm going to follow Christ, Luke 7, 23, if I'm going to follow Christ, I must deny myself, take up my cross, and follow him. Deny what I want. That well, means my dreams, goals, desires, ambitions, all that's got to go in order for him to take control. So that's, that's, well done, what, it brother. that's what it all is. Well done, well done, well done. If you tune in late, you're listening to my man, brother A, my big brother, and we got uh, my little brother on here as well. DC has been hanging out with <laughs> for the duration of the show. Um, I got a couple surprises for you guys, too, and then at the end of the show, we actually got to get into our official review of Black Panther. Me and DC will do that. But um, yes, with yes. brother A, too, we want to make sure we get into the book a little bit here, too, as well. Shout out to everybody that's tuned in for the first time. We're going to the Thunderstorm mailbag. GQ, what's up? Never listened to the show before. Listening to what you, DC, and Brother A are talking about, and I love it. I'll be tuning in from now on. We appreciate you, sister. She comes to us from Charleston, South Carolina. Um, so we appreciate all the new listeners, all the storm chasers who have been here and all the ones who are coming in now. Um, we also got to do the old school bus, so we're going to crank that up right now. And then we're going to get into a little bit of overcoming deficits with uh, uh, Brother A, and then we're also going to talk to DC. Plus, getting them surprises here tonight. But uh, create the old school bus up for the old school bus challenge. Song number one in the blue corner is the classic. Here it is. Hey, what's happening, man? Hey, oh, what's doing? up, man? I'm so glad to be back. It's good to have you back. I can't believe I'm with the wine. <laughs> you know what? Somebody that's with all of us. You yeah. know, he that hath friends must. First show himself friendly. Well, I I know by being in this place that there's a whole lot of people that want to know who this friend is. Why don't you tell them about it, Mark? Well, there is a friend that sticks closer than any brother. I got, I got a lot of brothers, right? Yeah. You know who that friend is.
I gotta say this, man. That right there is one of my favorite three gospel records of all time. The old school bus battle is on. For those of y'all that have never heard the thunderstorm before, the old school bus battle is every show. We take one school old, we take one old school record. We put it against another old school record. We get votes. We deem a champion. That champion goes on to the next night. If for any reason that champion goes five nights without being a winner, it retires as a champion. It's only happened two times in the history of the show. Um, in the red corner, song number one, Winings of Friends. Pop quiz for both DC and our brother A. You know who the Winings is. Do you know who produced that record? Mm, that's a tough one. Oh. That's a tough one. Um, that's hard. Oh, gosh. I'm stuck on that one. That might shock you. That might shock you. DC, you know? I can't say I do, GQ. Teddy Riley. Really? Yeah, the Winans for that album they went and did a they went and had Teddy Riley produce the whole album. Um, it's time to make a change was on that record. Aaron Hall is actually featured in that song, but um, a friend by the Winans that's one of my favorite gospel songs of all time and everything. And it's so you got my vote song number one on the old school bus. I'm going with the Winans. I don't even care what they're playing after that. <laughs> we have song number two in a little bit, a little bit down the road and everything. But song number one, the red corner. The Winans, you got one vote, and that's from the host. Um, overcoming deficits. Got to get into this. Now, Brother A, you have been very, very specific in pinning these great works and not attaching your name to it. You publish anonymously. 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 There you go. There you go. There you go. There you, go. You, you publish anonymously. Um, why is that? Because Christ says in John twelve thirty two, he says, if I am lifted up, I will draw all men to me. And so he didn't say if I and the author or I and the musician or I and the movie the director were lifted up together, that Oh, I will draw them into me. He says, if I am lifted up alone, um, and that's part of the problem. Is part of the problem is that when people put their names on the book, most of the time, and it's because it's an industry, it's because they want to create a following with which they can sell more books. Okay. Well, my mm-hmm. my whole goal is to make Christ all in all, like Colossians three eleven says. He says, in me there is no Greek or Jew, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. But Christ is all in all. That word means everything and everything. In order for Christ to be everything and everything, I have to be nothing. And so I don't want to insert myself into a person's relationship with Christ. I just want to point them to Christ and them and Christ work it out without anybody trying to intervene or insert themselves into their relationship to try to get some money or get some honor or something like that. I'm not interested in creating followers for me. I'm trying to create followers for Christ. Uh, like John mm-hmm. the Baptist, he says in, in John 3:30, he says he's a, uh, they, his disciples approached him and said, "Lord, Yeshua is baptizing, you know, more than you. What are you going to do? He's baptizing more people than you." And he's like, "He must become greater. I must become less. He must increase. I must decrease." And that's what I'm interested in doing, brother. That's why I published this book anonymously. 
because I want people to go directly to Christ and not need me for anything. Just mm-hmm. you and the Lord go to work it out. Did we did we spoil the surprise though? I mean, we're talking about the book and we're saying you wrote it. Did we just spoil what we were just trying to do here? Not at all. We didn't just no. <laughs> okay, I'm just making because, sure. <laughs> no, not at all. Because like I said, my name is not attached to this. Brother A is gotcha, just gotcha. a pseudonym. It's just anonymous. I mean, you know, nobody gotcha, still knows gotcha, who I gotcha. am. Mm-hmm. And that's the point. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, so you're saving that's, lives that's and you're doing so. Gotcha. And I just want to say this real quick. So anonymously. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to say this quick too. It wouldn't be so bad. The situation in Christianity weren't so bad. If churches weren't mm-hmm. so eager for money, like people being plundered at every single service, they can't go to Bible study without being plundered. You know, if it weren't so bad, if people didn't use Christ like a product so badly, exactly. then maybe it would be different. You see what I mean? But because the situation is so desperate, um, I just feel compelled that we have to go a different way altogether. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so and that's and that's another reason as well. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I got a story. Um, and it kind of falls in line with what we're talking about. I struggled with this for I don't know how long. I talk to brothers on a daily basis where I can see a brother in a praise and worship type setting, sing a song, does a phenomenal job of doing so. I can have a sister in Christ bake a cake for a bake sale, does a tremendous job of doing so. I can have um, I can have friends who uh, may perform a selection during, a, the, during the course of what, what may be considered miming or in the dance ministry, and I can walk up to all these vessels of God and say, good job, I enjoyed what you did today. They tell me, that wasn't me. That was God. And Brother A, it wasn't God. It was them singing. It was her that baked the cake. And I'm saying this for this reason. I believe in the kingdom. There are a lot of, there are a lot of vessels that you just mentioned, without question. They're desperate for money. They seek attention. This is the problem with their ministry. There are another group of Christians on the total opposite end of the spectrum, and they're, they, they want to remain anonymous because they feel their talent somehow comes into competition with what Christ is doing through them. And Christ has laid it on my heart to explain to them, there's nothing wrong with me telling you you did a good job of singing your song because God gave you the right. ability to do it, but that was you up there singing. You're not going to take credit. You're not going to give God the glory if your voice goes up and cracks. Right. So in the, in, the, in the kingdom sometimes we confuse we confuse credit, me giving you the credit with something, with me giving you the glory for it. And I'm asking you that because what happens when the reader of Overcoming Deficits wants to find more of what Brother A is writing, more of his teaching? What happens when the brother and the sister in the kingdom needs to fig- figure out, like for me, I wasn't being fed at my home church, so I took a season where I stayed home, I listened to T.D. Jakes, Creflo Dollar, uh, Curlin Lee, a lot of these brothers who were actually feeding me because my home church wasn't doing so. I was, I was developing so fast, I wasn't learning from them. So I sought more of Creflo Dollar's teaching, and I sought more of T.D. Jakes' teaching. For those Christians that may not be getting fed where they are, but they may get something for overcoming deficits, are you, in a sense, cheating them by not telling them who you are so they can find you? 
No, because if you want to do if you want to do things God's way, the Lord will always make a way for us to connect. Um, for okay. example, um, I believe in giving the book away for free, and I don't want to jump ahead or anything, but just 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 speaking to your point. I believe in giving the book away for free. The Lord says, freely have you been given, freely give. Um, if a person wants to find the work, they can shoot me an email, overcomingdeficits at gmail.com. Hey, Brother okay. A, do you have anything else? Hey, Brother A, is there a way I can get another book? Can you send me a book? And I will be more than happy to send it to them free of charge because that's what the Bible says. We don't make money from God's people. So if you want to, if, if somebody really wants to know the truth, they can. And uh, and I can and I can continue to do my I can continue to be anonymous while same time fulfilling, you know, the ministry that God's called me and and, and making myself available to the people. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I mean, it's it, like I said. Yeah. I mean, so I, I believe, like I said, if you if you want to find, I mean, even if I were to go somewhere and speak and say, okay, well, hey. Here the um you, and you know because you follow the spirit of the law you do your best you do as far go do as much as you can to be obedient to the commandment and let God take care of the rest like for example if I go to a church and I go to another fellowship and preach the word then what's going to happen is that they're going to know I'm my name they're going to know me okay for that moment mm-hmm. but after they leave and they take the book they're going to forget me that's what's going to happen so ultimately the same thing is happening. I am forgotten, and the word of God is what remains. You see what I mean? Gotcha. So at the same time, while, gotcha. they, while they learn my name, they're going to forget it eventually. And they're going to take the book gotcha. or take the word that I preach, and they're going to go on be with them and the Lord and continue on with their lives. And that's how you do it. That's how the Lord, that's how the Lord wants it done. That's why Paul, that's why Christ and, and his servant Paul, that's why they were so extraordinarily powerful in their ministry. Christ especially so because Christ was all about giving glory to the Father, period. Paul was mm-hmm. all about giving glory to Christ, period. Nothing for himself. Paul never took a salary. He worked a job. He never did any of that because it was all about Christ. And so I'm trying to imitate mm-hmm. that example. To my question about um, the line between being afraid to take credit because someone may confuse you with you trying to take the glory for something. What are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, and when somebody, I mean, you know, when somebody says, well, you, you did a good job. Hey, well, may Christ be lifted up. Thank you. You know, praise the Lord, brother. I appreciate that, but may Christ be lifted up. You know, Christ mm-hmm. says, I do not receive praise from men. Do you right. know that? The Lord tells yeah. us that. He says, I do not receive praise from men. And so when a person praises him, it's like, okay, you praise me, but the glory goes to the Father. And I'm not, you don't be nasty and, you know, ugly about it, but you just gently remind them of the source because that's what it's all about. You, you, you keep mentioning throughout our uh, time together, you said vessels, vessels, vessels this, vessels that. And that's what we're all we're supposed to be. Um, Hebrews, 9, Hebrews 9 says that. The Lord says, Sacrifice and burnt offering you did not desire, but a body that you have prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings you were not pleased. Then I said, when I've come into the world, lo, here I am. It is written of me in the fullness of the scroll. I have come to do your will, O God. And so what does the Lord want us to do? To be vessels that are prepared to do his will and nothing else. Mm -hmm. So if a person just lifts up Christ, hey, brother, 
I, you know, I appreciate that, but may Christ be lifted up. He's supposed to do that because he's just right. a vessel of Christ. Right. It's not about him in right. any way whatsoever, you know? So I don't think right. it's so much them right. not receiving credit more so than it is just pointing them to the one who can actually do something for you because she can't do anything right. for you with her voice. I can't do anything with you with my preaching. It's the power of God that makes all that stuff meaningful. Right. You see what I mean? Well done. So Christ well is all well done. And you spoke of love in the book and everything, which is the the key source and the the the, the ultimate um, origin of our message and everything. And you added the word to it, and you've been adding the word all night and everything. We got one rule in the thunderstorm: if it's in the word, we don't argue with it. <laughs> right. That's pretty much what it is. I believe everything the word says, man. I believe the cover where it says this is genuine leather, even though it doesn't feel like it. I believe everything in that book, man. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Where did they get the book from, Praise man? How did they, how did, you mentioned you mentioned uh, you mentioned the email address. Give it to them again. If there's another way to purchase the book or to to be to to, to get the book in their possession, let them know how to do that. Sure. So, um, overcoming deficits is on Amazon.com. Okay, and if you want to Google it, you can type in overcoming deficits. Um, but it's on Amazon.com. Type in Overcoming Deficits. The book is only $5.38. And now I want you to know that whoever buys the book, I don't receive any of the profits. All the profits go to Christian ministry, period. And that does not include mm-hmm. salary. Because a lot of people will say, oh, it's going to Christian ministry, but then the majority of it's going to your salary. No, no, no. We don't take salary. I don't take salary at all. I haven't seen a penny of any royalties ever. And so the, the way it's set up through Amazon, through CreateSpace, is that all the profits go directly to the ministry work. It doesn't, it doesn't even come to me. So if you decide to buy it, that's what's going to happen. Um, if you decide to shoot me an email and say, hey, brother, I would like, a free, co- I would like to, uh, a free copy of Overcoming Deficits, hey, praise the Lord. Send me an email to Overcoming Deficits, O-V-E-R-C-O-M-I-N-G-D-E-F-I-C-E. I-T-S, overcoming deficits at gmail.com. Say, Brother A, I want a copy of this book. Can you please send me one? Give me an address to send it to, and you'll get it in the mail. Be patient because Amazon sometimes takes a little bit to, uh, for the book to get there, especially depending upon where you live. So, but if you shoot me an email saying that you want a copy of the book, I will give it to you. I'll send it to you for free. That's how we do things. Um, so I'd be more than happy to do that. And uh, when appreciate you get the book, appreciate. also too, please, please tell, um, please tell, uh, you know, tell others about it. Write a review about it. Tell me what you think about it, um, because what it does is the more reviews it gets, the more people will buy it. The more people will get healed. The more money that will get to go to Christian work and not lying in somebody's pockets. So, like I said, gotcha. uh, please do that. Gotcha. Old school bus song number two is coming up. I need one more favor from you, and then I'm going to release you. Here it is. Crank the bus up. God for just a moment. We talked about one sound. Everybody say one sound. There is a kingdom sound. 
there is a kingdom sound. Everybody say that, there is a kingdom sound. Say it again, there is a kingdom sound. And I want you to understand this, that there is always a sound that precedes a move of God. Everybody say that, there's always a sound that precedes the move of God. Whenever you will find deliverance, wherever you will find healing, wherever you find a move of God, it is always associated with a sound. I want us to take just maybe 30 seconds and we're going we're gonna to sing this song. We're going to raise it as an offering to the Lord. But I want us to take about maybe just 30 seconds, if you will. Brother, I just want you to minister on that, on that guitar. I want you to raise your hands in his presence and let's just worship God all over this room. Come on, everybody, let's worship God all over this room.
I've changed my mind. <laughs> After that, it's almost pointless to sit here and say winner and loser on the old school bus. Not tonight. I say draw. I love a fan by the wildest to death with all my heart, but I love that William Murphy record too. Um, you guys are allowed to vote if you want to. Personally, I say draw. There is no winner and loser in that. We're just selecting a song that's going on to the next night. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We can go ahead and uh, 
we could wrap it up after that, man. But uh, we got we got a couple more things we got to do here tonight. But uh, first of all, let me say if you tuned in um, late and were wondering who you were listening to, you were listening to Brother A. We go to the Thunderstorm uh, mailbag, and this is for you, Brother A. This is from Natasha in Chicago. She says that um, Brother A, if you ever were concerned about whether or not your teaching was falling upon deaf ears, just know that it isn't. Um, I had never heard of your work before tonight. I'm interested now. Uh, I continue. I, I will pray for you that your ministry continues to do all that Christ has put on your heart to do. I appreciate the word that you've sown into me tonight, and I just pray that you continue to um, to finish, continue to minister, uh, be forthright in what you're doing, and uh, continue to be blessed you and your family. Thank you. That's Natasha. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. All right. All right. And um, ain't no point in playing around with it. Everyone knows what it is. It's that time of the night. Shoot the time bomb. Brother A, as customary for the thunderstorm, this is your first appearance, which means you must now enter the gauntlet. 20 questions, the lightning round done the thunderstorm way. Brother A, are you ready to enter? All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Serious questions here, brother. Serious questions. DJs, give him a gauntlet music. Let's get it going. Is that the gauntlet music? <laughs> oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> Question number one, brother A. Which one of these means more to you? Is it A, fish or chicken? Fish. You rocking with SUVs or you rocking with luxury vehicles? Oh, gosh. Uh, oh, SUVs, definitely. Over luxury. <laughs> Most important quality in a woman other than her love for God? Servant heart. Netflix or Redbox? Say it one more time. Netflix or Redbox? Neither. I don't watch movies. <laughs> You don't watch movies. Give me the next question because now the next question makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We need a vacation. Are we going to the beach or are we going to the mountains? The beach. Let's go old school, brother A. Which one was better, the Atari or the Nintendo? Oh, the Nintendo. Super Mario 3. Super Mario 3. Hungry, Hungry Hippos or Operation? Hungry, Hungry Hippos. Pepsi or Coke? Neither. Don't drink sodas. NDA or NFL? I don't drink soda. Say, say it again. You going with the NFL or the NBA? NBA. We jump in your car with you right now. What's playing in the MP3 player, tape deck, or CD player? Barry and Batya Seagal, Messianic Jewish singers. Cool, cool, cool. All right, we rather have we rather rock a nice uh, pair of Stacey Adams, or we rather do sneakers. Sneakers. And when you're rocking sneakers, are you doing Jordans or Adidas? Adidas. Chocolate cake or vanilla ice cream? Vanilla ice cream. Prince or Michael Jackson? Neither. Neither. All right. Give me the questions. Y'all coming to control with the questions. 
LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Oh, Michael Jordan. No doubt. Are you a Duke? Are you a Duke Blue Devil or North Carolina Tar Heel or neither? Tar Heel. Tar Heel. Tar Heel, man. Tar Heels, though. That's what I'm talking about. Tar Heels. No other way. All right, whatever. If they actually had this fight for real, who actually wins? Is it Superman or Batman? Um, neither, neither. I don't, I don't read comics either. <laughs> All right. Uh, where are we at? Nineteen. Cool. The color blue or the color red? Oh, blue, definitely. Blue. If you could go back and change anything, we have a time machine. Would you change anything? Would you leave it like it is? Man, I think I would. I wish I would have been a virgin, but you know what? If I if I wouldn't be who I am today if I changed anything. So no, I wouldn't change it. Good answer. There you go. The gauntlet completed by brother A in three minutes and forty eight seconds. <laughs> hey, hey, I made guess it. What DC? <laughs> What's up, DC? Guess what, man? What's up? Even man? though you're a co-host. Even though you're a co-host, this is your first time on the gauntlet. You don't escape. Cue the telephone. <laughs> oh, man, come on, man. <laughs> DJs, rewind my gauntlet music. It's DC's turn. Let's go. Yo, when that comes on, man, it does not sound like the music. I guess it is the music, though, isn't it? All right. Yes. DC, Pepsi or Coke? Oh, give me Coke, man. Let's do some old school hip hop. Biggie or Tupac? Oh man! See, me myself, I'm a Biggie Smalls fan. Not a lot of people don't want to hear that, but I just think Biggie was very lyrical with his with his words. Nas or Jay Z? <laughs> See, I got uh, me. I gotta go. I gotta go. Jay Z. Gotta go with Jimmy. So in the championship round, you going with Biggie or you going with Jay Z? Oh, I got to go Biggie, hands down, always number one. Always. New edition or guy? Give me a new edition. I got to have I gotta have all of them, including Johnny Gill. I got to have the whole new edition. All right. Jodeci or Boyz II Men? Jodeci, because I grew up with and listened to, listened to with my pop. So, Jodeci. So, new edition of Jodeci. Can't go on old school. You got to go new edition. See it always. Xbox or PlayStation 4? Since I play both on, I got to go with the PlayStation 4. It's more entertaining. Duke, Carolina. I know the answer to this one. <laughs> you know, you know Tar Heels all day. Come on, man. Come Netflix on. or Redbox? Give me Netflix because you can you can watch like that that series and that series are pretty good. Chocolate cake or vanilla ice cream? Give me the vanilla ice cream. Dunkin' Donuts or Krispy Kreme? Krispy Kreme. <laughs> Burger King, McDonald's. Oh, I talked to both of them, but give me McDonald's. KFC, Popeyes. KFC. Other than her love for God, what's the most important quality in a woman? Her mind. 
if we jump in the car with you right now, what's playing in the tape CD or MP3? Right now is the Kendrick Lamar and SBA, All the Stars of the Black Panther. NFL or NBA? NFL all day. Are you one of those people that still watches the NBA, yes or no? <laughs> yes, I still do from time to time. I do. You got a time machine, you can go back and change anything. Would you change anything and leave everything like it is? No, like Brother A say, I wouldn't be who I am if I, if I changed stuff about me. Question number 20. One thing about D.C. that you like everybody to know that they may not know about you? Oh, man. Um, oh, man. I guess I have I have a thing for helping out people. I, that's just my number one thing. I love to help out people in any way I can. There you go. All right, kill it. Three minutes, 28 seconds. D.C. has completed the gauntlet. Brother, hey, we got about 13 minutes left in the show, man. We just want to thank you for coming on. Um, thank you for your thank you for your patience with us with getting you on the air, number one. But um, thank you for job on tonight. Um, continue success to you. You know you're a brother of mine. Anytime you need us, you need a platform, you want to introduce something new, anything you got going on, just give us a call. We one call away, all right? Absolutely. Absolutely, right, brother. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you for allowing me to share. Thank you. Thank you All so right, much, man. I'll be checking in with you as soon as the show's over with. Sure. God bless you and the audience. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Um, hey, hey, brother, hey, real quick. Yes, sir. You still there? Uh, yes, sir. We need a vote. We need a vote. Mario Winans or <laughs> William Murphy? Which one you, Which one you picking? Oh, Winans. All right. Well, that's two for Winans. Uh, bro, uh, DC, which one are you going with, the Winers or you going with um, William Murphy? I had to say go the Winers too. All right, <laughs> from the from the panel here, three nothing. Um, looking at the votes here, it's split halfway. It's uh, it's split halfway. Winers are have a slight lead now over William Murphy, so we'll have the results on the next show. Brother, hey, appreciate it, man. We're gonna holler at you later. All right, brother. God bless. Bye bye. All right, we got a little work here to do, DC. Um, That's the one. Black Panther. For those that don't yes. know, Black Panther is a fictional superhero appearing in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. The character was created by writer editor Stan Lee and writer artist Jack Kirby, first appearing in the Fantastic Four. Bitch, y'all didn't know that. I did. Episode 52. Uh, that was back in July of 1966, in the Silver Age of comic books uh, era. Uh, the Black Panther's real name is T'Challa, king and protector of the fictional African nation known as Wakanda, along with possessing enhanced mm-hmm. abilities achieved through ancient Wakanda rituals of drinking uh, a heart-shaped herb. T'Challa also relies on his proficiency in science, rigorous physical training, hand-to-hand combat skills, and access to wealth and advanced technology to combat his enemies. Uh, the Black Panther movie was released on this past Friday. Um, most of y'all have probably seen it by now. What, was it two Fridays ago now? Actually, the Friday before. I was say two. So most of y'all have yeah, actually yeah. had... Um, had a chance to see it now. My opinion of the Black Panther movie is this. Um, beautiful in its production, beautiful in its presentation. Me personally, I think it starts off like your typical Marvel movie where we have to do something in an action sequence. I still don't know what it has to do with the, with the remainder of the movie, but there was a brief action sequence. Though brilliant the way it looked, um, really had nothing to do with the movie. 
I like the introduction of the Killmonger character. I like how he comes off. But as soon as I'm drawn into the Killmonger character, he disappears in the movie for about an hour, and he comes back later. It's when he returns to Wakanda where I think this movie actually takes off. Um, what you have in this movie is you have um, a black community responsible for its own success. Um, you have the ideologies of tradition versus progression, which is something that um, someone as, as Killmonger comes to try to, to counteract, so to speak. Um, the thing that's so engaging about his character, I believe, is he's not wrong in what he's thinking. He may be wrong in how he decided to carry out the plan, which makes him more interesting. He's an excellent villain. I'm disturbed by the fact that they killed him off. They also killed off Claw. So I'm trying to figure out who we go with in the next movie. Are we going with American Panther? Or are we going with Ares or someone of that nature? But I think Killmonger didn't spend enough time in the movie. I think he's gone, and I think he kind of will rob anyone of maybe a sequel or even if they decide to do a trilogy at that point. I'm looking at the um, That's true. the Marvel Avengers movie and the trailer for um, Infinity War. It looks like Wakanda's going to yeah. have a big role in how we defeat Thanos. <laughs> I'm just looking at what's going <laughs> on here. not exactly sure what it is. But um, excellent, excellent first movie. It's not perfect, but no movie is. Um, I give it a I give it a B plus, honestly. Um, I think a lot of that is due to the fact that I like the way T'Challa's character was introduced to people who may not have a Marvel background. I like the fact that T'Challa's a lot of his development comes in the fact that we're thinking he's just going to walk in, be king, and stuff's going to start blowing up and everything's going to be all right, and it threw you a curveball. His whole development is based on the fact of as he becomes king, he learns that his predecessors may not have handled certain things the way they, 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 they should have, that his family has secrets, that the crown comes with secrets. And now he has to try to counteract that to try to, to, try to develop, to try to learn how to be a king. Um, and I think the brilliance of all the female actors, the brilliance of both these two men. I read a post by a friend of mine who sat there and said that her argument about this movie is that um, what ended up happening is Chadwick Boseman took a back seat to Michael B. Jordan in the movie. But I think that's excellent in Michael B. Jordan's case and also for this movie and the fact that villains are better when villains force the hero into looking inside himself to try to figure something out. Villains are better when they force the hero into a situation where his heroism is going to have to come from dealing with a certain aspect of his personality, his past, something in his consciousness that he may not want to deal with. And it's in that that he becomes a hero in the first place. So I say kudos to the Killmonger character. Uh, just don't think, still can't understand why he disappeared for an hour in this movie. Um, by the time he shows back up, I'm like, oh, I forgot he was in this movie. <laughs> but me, <laughs> man, I'm giving it a B plus. What about you? Me, like you, like you said, great story. Love all the actors. Love, love everything. Me, myself, I had to give it an A because it it makes you think. Like, I like movies that not only had the person, the character looking to themselves, but have, like, the audience looking inside themselves, too. Because, like you said, he had to learn how to be a king. He had to learn what not to do what his father did. And also, even with Killmonger, some people may not see it like this, but through my eyes, I saw Killmonger as kind of a Malcolm X type, and I saw the 
the king, prince, whatever you want to call him, Black Panther, as like Martin Luther King because one wanted he wanted his people to like be known and take over in a violent way when the Black Panther he didn't want that. He he wanted the same results, but just not in the same way. And that's just how I view it. Mm-hmm. All right, gotcha. So you say A plus, I said B minus. I'm looking to see where they take this. I definitely want to see what his role is in the um, the Infinity War project. Uh, I think a lot of Marvel fans are excited about that. Um, the one concern I have with this movie and it's something I posted about on social media, ladies and gentlemen, black people, I love you to death. Um, we appreciate the fact that you all bonded together to support something other than Desperate Housewives or Scandal. We appreciate the fact that you see this movie for its value and it's for its entertainment, and you found yes. something to be interested in other than something that's demeaning to the culture. Though this be fiction, I want to applaud you all for going out to the movie theaters and being a support. My question is, let's make sure that we're not just supportive of a comic book. Let's not make sure that we sit here and take credit for things that we necessarily didn't do. Because although our dollars did make a difference in this movie, this movie blew up not because black people supported it. To some extent it did, but most of this movie blew up because it's a Marvel comic. And yes. just as we supported the Marvel Universe and the Marvel fans supported as well, that's the majority of the reason for the fact that we even know what this movie is in the first place. And um, I don't think I'm wrong for saying that. I, I appreciate you guys for what you've done, but let's just understand. This movie was not meant to redefine your blackness. We don't have to go back and forth about how black we are just because we went to see this movie. It doesn't make you more black that you supported it. It doesn't make you less black because you have an opinion about it that um, may not be complimentary. It doesn't make you less black because you offered any type of critique to this movie, because now I'll be torn apart, D.C., because I said it was a B plus. Because this thing got, I saw three negative reviews. Those people that wrote those reviews have been vilified, and it's just an opinion, people. Yeah. It, don't view it more than what it is. It's a movie about a comic book. Was it fun? Yes. Was it a job well done by everybody? Yeah. Yes. Did the actors do their thing? Absolutely. Yes. Great job. But it's fiction. Not the NAACP. You don't have to wear dashikis. <laughs> it is what it is. That's all I got for tonight on the storm, man. DC, appreciate you coming yes, through, brother. No problem. No problem. No, I'm always here to meet you. All right, man. You coming back for another one? Oh, most definitely. We got to talk, and man. We got to figure out how to get you. Be, oh, I'm sorry, but I'll be ready for that test and everything, so I'll be prepared. <laughs> All right, man. We appreciate you coming through, brother, man. Um, love as always, man. I'll be hollering at you as soon as we conclude the broadcast and everything, man. Appreciate you for your time, man. Um, we got about three and a half minutes left in the show. Ain't nothing we can do but still say thank you. We back. We're not going anywhere anymore. Y'all requested it. Some of y'all can't stand it. We fact. But, hey, it's a storm. We're not going anywhere. This is ministry, man. And we put together a manual tonight. We just we just wanted to talk to our brother about his book. We ended we ended up doing ministry tonight, and that's pretty much what it's all about, man. It's ministry first, music second, and you know we're just gonna keep rocking with this until God tells us that He wants us to do something else. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Much love to every single one of you. We go out with my home girl Jesse Story. Live my life. God bless. We'll talk to y'all next time.